right, Tom, how's it going? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. I had a thank you yesterday. So, yes, uh, yeah, well, I recorded from United's awful performance yesterday and also a stag do, so apologies for my hoarse voice. Yeah, that's all right. I hardly know what to say about how bad this United performance was, how pathetic and insipid <laughs> and ill-disciplined and sort of summed up by United, well, Ronaldo, United's talisman, you know, most expensive player in the squad, smashing a kid's phone because he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's contemplating life in the Europa Conference. Unbelievable. Yeah, if you don't laugh, you'll cry, won't you? Like, I think it just... That yesterday's performance also made has been made worse by the fact it made Frank Lampard so happy, oh, and his smug God. little face in that pre, in that com, post-match press conference yesterday was just horrible. I know it, it really does come to something when I was supporting Burnley in midweek, because mm. I mean there's plenty of reasons to dislike Burnley, but the thought of the mini scouts going down and taking Lampard with them was quite delicious. Unfortunately, yeah. the results have gone the other way this weekend, so they they have nice cushion now. So, oh God, yeah, and he was smug. I mean, he's an absolute he joke so of a manager. Some, somehow, he's presented as the, like the next great hope still after failing at Derby and Chelsea and and Everton. But yeah. anyway, yeah, and like I felt like I I I, I said a few weeks ago on the pod that I don't think we're going to get fourth. So. Like these games felt like very nothingy games, but yesterday I was so up for it because right. I want Everton to go down so much, <laughs> and then to put in that performance, it made it even worse. Like if it could get any worse, it felt even worse yesterday just because it was Everton and Lampard. Yeah, that's right. Well, I suppose with the game itself, I mean it's it's like disgusting having to think about it. But United weren't mm. that bad for twenty minutes or so. I thought Pickford made a couple of saves, didn't he? And yeah. In control of the ball. I mean, it had lots of possession in the game. It just didn't really do much with it. But the first 20 minutes was all right. Yeah, and it's such a shame that either one of those Rashford attempts just didn't go in. Especially the header, like, yeah. Pickford, made, Pickford made two really good saves, I would say. Like, maybe ones that you'd expect. Maybe the second one, maybe not so much expected, but... It's just been so great for his confidence just to get an early goal like that and, and maybe United's confidence as well. But you just knew that that sustained performance that we kind of put in for the first 15, 20 minutes wasn't going to continue because right. we've not seen it all season. Like We've played in little bursts and it just got so bad after that, so bad. Yeah, really. And and just shocking on every level, shocking in terms of the intensity, or the, actually no shock because we've seen this a lot, haven't we? Sorry, against Leicester last week. These these players aren't. Ragnik's pressing system lasted three or four games. That's about <laughs> it, I think. And then they just won't do it. And I think he's given up on that. And they're, they're now basically returned to the Ollie Ball method of playing. But it feels like they're on the beach. And I can almost absolve younger players but the the senior pros Ronaldo, Bruno, Maguire, Pogba, Pogba came on well, after 25 minutes or something. It's it's hard to forgive any of them for their performances for different reasons, but Ronaldo for being he was just tactically so ill-disciplined. He's all over the place mm-hmm. coming deep into Bruno's zone. Bruno has to go deeper to get out of his zone. By the end of the game Maguire was at number 10 thinking he's 
Lionel Messi <laughs> pinging balls around. <laughs> just, I, I just can't believe that. I, I mean, I know that Ragnick's a technocrat, right? So he's done detailed analysis and he will have shown the videos of them doing this and they still do it. And, and even with Ronaldo at the end, when we're, we've kind of just resorted to pinging balls in the box. Like you say, Maguire's kind of almost up top at, the, at, that, at this point. Ronaldo's still going wide. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, surely if we're just going to be whipping balls into the box, you're one of the play- players that is going to be needed. There's no point of you sitting out on the left wing just to get the ball because, no offence, mate, but you're not good enough to actually beat a player anymore. You've not got that burst of pace that you used to have. Right. So even if you do get the ball in a wide position, you're not going to do a little shimmy and and what and put a great ball in because you barely ever do that anymore like and yeah it's, it and it feels just to me like I don't know what the point of Ranić is anymore like if he's not what is the and I don't know you're surely not going to just sack him with seven games to go or just get rid of him because what's the point in that either but he's just sitting there and like the players clearly aren't taking it in his instructions he feels that maybe they're not smart enough or they're just not willing enough to take up his, his instructions. So he's, yeah, reverted back to this Oli Ball, as you say, kind of style of play. So what, what's the point of him? He's not a ma- massive motivator. He's never been known as like a motivator. Right. He's not particularly inspiring in his post-match press conferences. Like, I don't see what he's even bringing in any respect anymore. Like, I, I like listeners to the show would know how excited I was a little bit about Ranić. I mean, I had my trepidations. I didn't think he would, I didn't think it was a very good fit at all for this United team, but I, I respect Ranić a lot. But I just don't see what he brings at all to this United team anymore. What's the point of him? I don't see yeah. what po- it, It's true, it's failed as an experiment, as a short-term thing. And we brought a systems coach in to try and get a short-term bump. So there's there's the point of failure. <laughs> and then it seems that the thing we're all excited about, that Ragnik, the club builder, the director of football, the, the man who knows how to turn something or nothing into something or build, has been sidelined. He's had nothing to do with the recruitment process. Maybe he's, maybe he's had... I don't know, maybe he's had a, a view on that and I don't know if he knows Eric Ten Hag at all, if that's the man that's going to come in. He's said a couple of times that he's had no part of that, so he's not there. He said if the new manager wants some advice, I'm on the phone. Well, so it's a deep consultancy that he's going to be bringing then. It just seems like he's been pushed out completely and that that his role as a longer-term consultant to United, the thing that we thought, wow, they're actually making a smart decision for mm. once, was contingent on his performance as an interim manager. These things don't align for me, and it just shows that there's still no strategic vision at the top of the club, right? They still don't know what they're doing. Because what? Surprise, surprise, you've got Richard Arnold, CEO, who's never done that job before. John Murta, who's been a technical director on the youth side of things for most of his career, never been a director of football, doesn't know what he's doing. I imagine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm. sorry, John, maybe you wow. do, but it's first time in that role. And Darren Fletcher, ex-player, partway through his coaching badges, now technical director, never done that job before. May turn out to be a great a great technical director. Appears to be a you know, part-time coach putting out the cones at the moment. So it's, it's all a mess. <laughs> and you'd think that this is the opportunity to reset it. But no, we're going to do the same thing again, which is bring in another guy who's going to be God, and hope it works for him while having mess around him. I, I just feel so... Oh, I'm going off on a rant here because we played badly, but I just feel so 
I, I lack any kind of confidence that United are going to get this right next time out. And, and Ten Hag may be a great coach, but he's going to be let down by everything around him, I feel. So, yeah, Ragnick, what's the point of him now? Players have given up. It, it took about three seconds for pieces to appear in the press saying they're underwhelmed by mm. Ten Hag as a potential coach. Fucking hell, I'm underwhelmed by these fuckers, I tell you. I don't, that's not even the right word, is it? <laughs> I'm not angry with them, I'm just terribly disappointed. Oh, I am angry. I am angry at this point. Like, I, I'm not usually one for like fiery emotions like that, but I, I just was so disgraced and angry at yesterday's performance. And what you say is completely right. It's so hard to be at all enthused by Ten Hag, despite his great track record and his his clear talent and what he's done at Ajax this season, etc., etc. It's so hard to be enthused because you just know that despite... Well, he's, he's, I think he's said, or what the reports have been, that he wants like full say over transfers and all that kind of thing, which in one respect, yeah, that's good. He's going to have full control. But then in another respect, no. Because surely there should be a long, like, there should be a vision from the top that this is the right player that's going to come in. This is the right player that's going to come in. Because when Ten Hag eventually leaves, because unless he's going to be like a Sir Alex Ferguson, that you have a manager, another manager that comes in who plays the same style of football. So you have those players and that nucleus and that same personality. So you have a contingency. Yeah, that, that's the proper way that football clubs should be run. You shouldn't just hand over the 100% responsibility to each manager that comes in and then that manager doesn't work out and then you get a completely different manager with a new philosophy, a new personality and then you just give him full control. And Yeah, unless Ten Hag is the next Klopp or the next Guardiola who can bend the club to their will, then yeah. then he's yeah he's going to be let down by those around and him. what's to say he is? There's, there is no form to say he is. Like Potentially could be. We're all praying at this point that he that he yeah. is going to be that but what's to say that he is and if you if if united's directorship are thinking that that is going to be the case then they're praying as well basically they're not thinking with any logic at all yeah for sure and i mean there's there's there were other reports this week about obviously we know that four players are going for sure cavani pogba lingard Juan Mata, I don't know whether he counts, but he came on yesterday. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. So they're going for sure. And then presumably at least some of Henson by Jones, who are on mega contracts and playing absolutely no part of the squad, also need to go. And then there'll be a question over Ronaldo because he'll be earning £30 million a year to play in the (laughs) Europa Conference. It just uh, if, if, if we get in if that. we get that far, yeah. Hopefully we don't, but I don't uh, think we will. There's a lot of work to be done. So Murto is going to earn his coin or not this summer. We're going to find out quite quickly whether he's up to that part of the job. Uh, and it's just a massive, massive rebuilding job. And we are as low as Liverpool were before Klopp came in. And in order to rebuild, we will need almost 100% success in transfer dealings for the next few windows. And Ragnick, as I think he suggested, something like three windows. But you'd have to believe that we'd get it all right. And given how many of these players that are on the pitch have been signed in the last five years or so, you can't possibly believe that we're going to get it right. You can't, I mean, there's just no. zero evidence. And like so, just so many of the players 
Yeah, so Wampazaka, absolute mess yesterday. Maguire, <laughs> thumping balls out of play. Switch back to the left side of the defence after being on the right for the previous game against Leicester. I, I don't know what they're thinking there. He could at least pass the ball when he's on the right-hand side. Alex Tellers came in. He's an absolute waste of oxygen, honestly, as a player. The only thing he can do is hit a corner. <laughs> so, yeah. Because uh, Luke Shaw's managed to get himself... Well, he's, he's had screws removed from his uh, broken leg, hasn't he? So, just so much money wasted there. Just un- unbelievable amounts. And like last time I looked at the accounts, United owed something like 170 or 180 million in, in transfer receipts. Now that's a year out of date, but our FFP position isn't even in a in a place where United can go and spend two hundred million this summer. Not that they would, but even theoretically. I'm sorry, I'm being too analytical, but it just feels like doom, doom all over, and I don't see the path out. It does. Like you look at the team that that finished the game. Well, I guess all the players that participated yesterday. How many players in an ideal world? How many of those would you really? want to keep in an ideal world next season yeah. there's not many no like Rashford on his top form of course like we haven't Sancho. seen that for 18 months though well exactly yeah if that's ever going to come back Sancho uh, times has got better but like again not great again yesterday had a stinker yesterday and against Leicester yeah, after a, like, a month of being good yeah, yeah I know and that's a shame well, after England duty I guess maybe that's kicked him in com- kicked his confidence or something I don't know you'd have hoped that the, the the break would have done him good just being around the United team, but maybe not. And De Gea, and we've talked about De Gea's limitations, but yeah, I think you've I think you've got to keep him at this point. And and no, we spoke about Luke Shaw's interview with about the England team last time I was on the pod about him. He was quite fiery and, and honest, and De Gea is very much like that when he comes out. And I really yes, liked yeah. his post post match press conference, to be honest, because he's <laughs> he said as kind of the right always say but in politics like he said exactly how I was feeling and like he just didn't bite his tongue at all and it's easy for a goalkeeper to do that I guess because you're not the one who is involved in a lot of the game you kind of are watching and and maybe in a in a, in a way as a goalkeeper is actually not not easy to say like it is in one respect because you're not actually there but in another respect maybe it isn't easy to say that because you maybe feel like you've thrown your teammates under the bus because you're kind of absolving yourself of blame because, oh, I was just watching it. But he was completely right. And I think in my head, I'd probably make him captain next season. Like, I don't feel anyone is better suited for that role. Like Bruno in an ideal world, but he whinges way too much for me. He's too much of a negative influence. And yeah. Ronaldo, no way. No, I, like, I, I if just... If he continues next season, surely that can't happen. They have to get him out of the club. I dislike the fella from a moral perspective anyway, but mm-hmm. just on the on the pitch and his impact on the, the budget and his demeanour, I mean, the petulant bollocks of smashing a kid's phone yesterday. I mean, I, I saw some <laughs> takes on the internet that was like, oh, we need this kind of passion. That's not passion. Oh, give me a break. I know. Uh, De Gea, De Gea, his limitations are with the ball at his feet and anything that's in the air. So, um, Which, in the modern day keeping, is quite a limitation. Uh, you watch the Liverpool City game today and Edison and Allison are an, an 11th outfield player, both of them. Alisson especially is just as good as anyone passing the ball in that team. Mm. And so De Gea is definitely limited, but I just, on, of all the things that need to get fixed, that one can yeah. wait a year. 
Exactly, because you know that his shopping... Well, I say you know, he obviously had a, an off-season last season, but for the majority of his time at United, and especially this season, his shot-stopping is unbelievable. He's the best, one of the best shot-stoppers I've ever seen. So if if that is his problem, like it's, it's so far down the, the list of problems, and you get two more years out of De Gea as the team gets better, and then you move him on, that will be the ideal scenario, because there's so many different players and so many different things wrong with this United team at the moment um, I know they, they have to be fixed <laughs> before mm, that one although yes. that may need to be fixed and Bruno yeah I think he's at the top of all the attacking metrics of course he is and he's central to to United's creativity although there was hardly any of that yesterday and that was the big problem 60 odd percent possession nothing nothing created at all really in terms of good quality opportunities and then but he does the thing that he, he shouldn't do which is try to be in every part of the pitch now I, I do think some of that's provoked by Ronaldo coming deep all the time and getting into his zone but when things aren't going right he tries to be the hero and there there is no patience or discipline there with him and mm. that that is the trade-off of course he creates a lot as a result of you know it, it's not just a risk-taking but they're like hey sometimes we just need you to control this game for us yeah, and that's going to be really interesting next season under Ten Hag, especially in a in a system which is so, well, I guess not not suited to to Bruno's um, best qualities because we've not seen him play in a in a in a in a side that isn't chaotic. And I think that's one of the reasons why he has thrived at United so much because he is a chaotic player and he, he works better in a chaotic side. You put him in a team like Liverpool or City, would he be as effective? I'm not quite sure. A little bit like Grealish when you when you put him in the Man City team, he's nowhere near as effective. That's going to be interesting to see if he can, because obviously at the moment I'm just theorising, I'm just going off what he was like at Sporting and what he's like for Portugal and what he's been like at United. But that's going to be yeah very interesting to see how he, he fits into Ten Hag's system next season, I think. It will do, yeah, especially since... Ten Hag is, I mean, from what I've seen, and it's really only Champions League that I've seen, and, and looking at the data and stuff, he does switch between a, a classic Ajax 4-3-3. It's hard to see Bruno in that position. I mean, he'd be playing mm-hmm. in his Portugal role as one of the two eights, and then sometimes 4-2-3-1, in which there's more classic number 10. So, yeah, he's going to have to find a, a space for him, mm-hmm. and then he's going to have to find the right balance in midfield. Fred went off injured yesterday. He's been the brightest midfielder this season. Um, especially, I mean, he's perhaps the one who's benefited most from Rangnick because he's been yeah. pushed into a more forward position. So it just seems to suit him much better than a holding role. But uh, everything else around him is just desperately limited and obviously Pogba's not going to be there. So there's a, a lot of work to be done in the midfield. Yeah, like stability more than anything because, like you say, Fred has come on a lot on the Rangnick, but again, he's chaos. He's, he's yeah. just a, such a chaotic footballer. In sometimes in, in a lot of, in a lot of positive ways, in the same way Bruno's chaotic in, in, in positive ways. But in a system, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Especially can those two play together in in a, in a system that needs, which I guess focuses on control, and, and we just lack so much control in midfield as we've talked about over and over again. So I I, I mean I'm thinking things to say about this game <laughs> there's nothing else uh, I've even forgotten the goal oh, Anthony Gordon scored goal after 20 odd minutes yeah mm. 
then it hit Maguire. Like the man is go- the man ga- the man is going through the worst time in the world. Like it's all funny and stuff to poke at him, but like that, and then that just happens. Like it's like it's just typical. It couldn't really happen to anyone else. Not a fault, but it just it's just so unfortunate. Yeah, there's more in the second half than the first in terms of like pushing, and especially right at the end of the game. But still, weren't really really creating much I mean Pickford had made a couple of good saves early on did he make anything in the second half I'm trying to think if there was a there was really that Pogba good chance shot. Pogba shot when when he, he kind of just saved it to his right it was relatively routine save and then there was the one from I can't remember who had the shot but it got deflected in front of Pickford and he just saved it and again a, a kind of one that you'd expect him to make but yeah I think they were the only two I can think of yeah, so that was it, and it's it just petered out. Uh, and I mean, Ragnick afterwards he he called it out. He's he's at least you know he's honest about. He said we didn't des- we don't deserve to play in the Champions League if they play like that. They're not good enough. He said he told the club exactly what needs to happen. So it's not like he needs to produce the receipts. We can all see it. <laughs> so it's now down to the club and the club's ability to to move players on to get the new man in quickly so they can make a quick decision. I fear that what will actually happen is they'll they'll encourage Ten Hag, if it is to be Ten Hag, to come in and have that pre-season. They're going on tour to Australia and stuff. That will take up a lot of pre-season. Then we'll come back and we'll be waiting till the end of August to do a lot of those deals, I imagine. I think with the one thing I just thought with Ranić there, like being being there for this length of time and and being at United during <clears throat> potentially our worst well I looked at the, the stat the other day just to see like where we were under Moyes after 31 games and we're on exactly the same level of points which right. is interesting um, but it feels to me like the worst United team I've ever seen in my lifetime I am 30 so I've, I've obviously seen some amazing United teams um, but it, I guess the one positive you get from having Ranić during this time and if he has the trust of, of the board I don't know if he still does or not but with him being such an oracle he should know like he's like he, you just said and he intimated that he knows exactly what needs to be needs to be fixed and, yeah. that, and I guess if you want anyone in the world to, to go this is what needs to happen we need to get rid of this player we need this system we need to get rid of the like he's, he's got the best access to what is wrong with this football club that anyone can have and that's surely a benefit in in some respect like despite everything else that's happened and all the results on the pitch if maybe the board are listening to him in that respect then I guess that is potentially positive yeah as long as they don't sign players for social media reach yeah which they will probably Ajax won yesterday they're four points ahead They've won five in a row in the Eredivisie. It's in their hands. They've got five games to go, I believe, and they're playing PSV next week in the cup final as well. So it's like a shootout over the next month to see who gets all the glory. And, and you know, all this talk of Ten Hag, I was thinking about it, no one focuses on it. But, you know, what's the impact on Ajax right now? Yeah, Yeah, crucial title running. I mean, just imagine Klopp said he was going right now. Yeah, yeah, it would be, uh, it's yeah, it would be a bit of a mess. But any, anyway, it's 
I, I, I don't really know what to say about Ten Hag because I've seen so little of his team. They played some over the last four years, played some really nice football in the Champions League. They were limp going out to Benfica. I thought they really got suckered mm-hmm. there. He's not a young up and coming manager. He's been around the block a long time, but he's been around the block at kind of lower level clubs. Mm-hmm. FC Twenty. Um, uh, where else was he? Go Bayern ahead, Munich Eagles. To Go ahead, Eagles. Great, great name. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very American, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Go yeah. ahead, Eagles. Yeah, Manchester Red Devils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it just feels like, I think I wrote on Twitter, it feels like it might well be the right choice. Who knows? We know obviously more about Pochettino, but it just feels like such a huge risk as well. Like mm. putting aside all the structural problems at United, just in terms of the coaching. We don't know. This will be the first time he's had a big elite level job. I mean, United budget is five times out of Ajax. It's... Yeah, because with like a lot of managers, say like Klopp or Tuchel or Guardiola and and Conte and stuff, when they come to England, I usually have a very good idea of what they're like as a manager because I watch their league that they play and I see them in the Champions League. Whereas with Ajax, I don't really watch Eredivisie. I've seen them in the Champions League a little bit, but also the fact that he's winning the league with Ajax feels very much like winning the league with Celtic or Rangers, you are supposed to win the league. If you don't win the league, it's classed as a failure. So it's hard. It's really, really hard to just judge a manager based on that. Like it, it's, he's playing in a pool with, with, with so many lesser players, and yeah. you, you have such. It's like managing Porto or Benfica, and in Portugal, it's really similar. Like. You you don't judge someone based on that. Like AVB, when he he was touted to be the best thing ever after his time at Porto, and he came to Chelsea and looked massively out of his depth. Like, is this going to happen here? I hope not, obviously. But it's it. I guess that's the real unknown about this because it is such a jump to to Man United from from yeah. Ajax. And what really interested me was. The reaction on on Twitter and social media, I know that's not representative of the true fan base. Maybe it it is as a, as a worldwide thing. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably not representative of of the the match going the match public. going fans. Yeah, yeah. But the the, the 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 social media user, especially in United's case, has a lot of sway these days. And what interested me it seems to be the case is that very much with the, on the side of Ten Hag. And I don't know if that comes from not liking Pochettino because of what he did at Tottenham and he didn't win anything. He's kind of known as this serial loser, unfairly in my opinion. Obviously, he did lose the title last season with PSG, which is terrible, and he's done a terrible job at PSG, mitigating circumstances, of course. But he did do a really, really good job at Tottenham that mm. people forget. And I don't know if it's just because of that, but I, surely it's not because of his job. It, it, it's because of Ten Hag's time at Ajax that people are so happy about. Because maybe. how many of these people watch Eredivisie? No, maybe they do. No, but but like, and and also if they do, they're assuming a lot from his performances there. In my opinion, yeah, I no, they don't watch Eredivisie. No, no, they don't. It is on Sky, but like. I can imagine the viewing figures are in the tens. Yes, they will be very low. 
And so it, it is based on the, the few performances people have seen over the last few years from Ajax in the Champions League and better the, the devil you don't know in this case. So, you know, mm. I, I think Pochettino's, as you said, been unfairly branded a loser. He His Spurs team outperformed all, all their expectations for budget. I mean, United's still now, but then United's wage budget was more than double Spurs. Right, so you got to the Champions League final and into the Champions League a few times in a row. Obviously, blew the opportunity to to win the title that year. Leicester won it, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. And so there is that kind of sense that his teams fall at the last hurdle. He's not been able to get, unsurprisingly, I have to say, a team with Di Maria, Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe to play his high pressing <laughs> style. What a surprise! Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing on earth, no one on earth that could get those players to play with a high pressing style no chance they're going to win the league on by miles this season mm. doesn't yeah it doesn't mean anything and and so he's judged entirely for his time at, at um, PSG in terms of the Champions League I don't know whether you can pin not winning league and on him last season because or you know in, in COVID times and he also only got half a season yeah um, so yeah so I, I think it's it's based on an impression about Pochettino. Like me and Dan were talking about uh, last week, there everyone's flawed. This is where United are yeah. at. There's, um, you, you know, you got to the point where you are looking down a, a notch. The, we don't know. Mm. We know more about Pochettino. We don't know enough about Ten Hag, and there's not enough evidence to say that he is the next great manager or anything like that. So United have to take a risk and build, and that's. Uh, you know, it feels risky. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you whether he's going to be somehow with three or four signings going to get more out of the players that are currently in the squad, minus those that are leaving and or in prison. Who knows? Or, or whether he's going to get sacked by April. Hey, if if this is the bulk of the squad with a couple of additions, there's a good chance he gets sacked by April. A hundred percent. as. Depressing as that sounds, a hundred percent. And it's also interesting about what Rangnick said about United the other week or the other day when he said that it only will take it, it could only take three transfer windows to sort this United team out. I don't know what transfer windows he's thinking we have it, but that's not happening. And yeah, that that's the most depressing thing is thinking about that. Yeah, this time next year. 12 months on we could be having this exact same conversation with matey at porto who's won the league by loads of points and looked good in the champions league or matey somewhere else and thinking oh we'll be fantastic maybe they could be the new messiah like yeah yeah groundhog day look there will be i imagine there'll be some optimism around when he's appointed assuming he doesn't go take a job at rb leipzig <laughs> apparently that's being dangled. surely rubbish because yeah. like I, I watch leipzig a lot and tedesco has been yeah, unbelievable yeah. since taking over and, there so and, I don't and he's that's... clearly doing a good job i'm sure they're happy with him so yeah. I, why they'd make a change i don't know but yeah so yeah i imagine that story is rubbish and maybe it's negotiations yeah, potentially. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, but there will be optimism when he's appointed, and there will be some signings, and there'll be optimism about that. And that's and from the point United are at right now, that's all you need, I think. And then just some evidence that there's an upward trajectory with the team when it starts next season against mm-hmm. 
Coops from Finland in the Europa Conference League qualifying round. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, it's not going to be an upward trajectory the whole season. There are going to be a lot of ups and downs with United and I'm hoping that the fans stay patient with that. Like one of the things that we need to do as as fans is be really, really patient. Whoever takes over as new manager, I feel like Sir Alex Ferguson here when he said, we need to be patient with with your new manager when he was talking about Moyes in that last speech. But we really do because it is going to be turbulent. If if we're going to impose this new style of play, we're going to have a a huge turnover of players, you'd imagine. Uh, Well, I mean, at least a lot going out and there are going to be some new faces coming in. It's not going to be smooth sailing by any stretch. Well, potentially it is, but I very, very doubt, very much doubt it. This is kind of a, a, a thing that should take three or four years or five years. How long did it take Klopp to, to turn that Liverpool t- team yeah. around? And I would say that the basis that that Liverpool team were actually better for him. The foundations were better for him to take over and, and perform at Liverpool than they were at United, especially like... For all Brendan Rodgers' faults, his the system that he imposed on that Liverpool team was one that Klopp could basically take over and then just make better, essentially. Yeah, yeah, add some intensity. And they, they did great transfer business and they got lucky that they convinced Barcelona to spunk yeah, so £130 million on Coutinho. I mean, is there anyone in the United squad that we could convince Barcelona to spunk £130 million on? No, they're what, they're, they're even like the term, like the, the asking price for Rashford is like so tiny compared to how much talent we thought he had two years yeah. ago. Um, yeah, so like, the, I mean, there are so many things that, yeah, Liverpool got lucky with, which, you know, it just doesn't look like we will do in that respect. But I think it is, it's going to be turbulent. And I hope that, yeah, one, the fans stay patient with that. And also the board as well. Like, <laughs> I feel like the board have such insecurity about what they do like all the time and it feels like that with with Ranić as well you got them whispers early days that he wasn't being trusted in the way that maybe he thought he was going to be and you think maybe like four or five months into next season if things start going badly like are there going to be whispers from the board like about potentially getting rid of him and all that kind of thing you've got a whoever you bring in you've got to have the mentality that this guy's going to be there for three or four years and we'll give him everything he needs to achieve because there's no point doing it otherwise there's no point going half arsed because you'll just get like we say we'll be in the same position 12 months on and we'll be having the same conversation again yeah and that's that's where my optimism fails me because I'm not mm-hmm. sure that whoever comes in will be given the right the right tools to get the job done we're always a player short or two, or three, or in this case, about yeah. eight. I struggle to see how we will catch up. And we talked about City, uh, Liverpool a bit there. They just seem to get it right all the time. The big risk with them was was one of the, the front three got injured or wanted to leave, and they've brought in Jota and Diaz, mm-hmm. who just absolutely perfectly slotted into the team and have made the team better. Yeah. and seemingly were there forever and it just like how is that possible but it was yeah. and they didn't even spend that much money on either of them I mean the two of them combined cost less than Harry Maguire for fuck's sake don't don't oh my god it, it, it's so true like you look at Diaz he, he, 
you just you just hope that when someone like that signs that he's just going to be an absolute flop and then three games in he already looked like you say he already looks like he's been there for like 10 years and he's scoring like super important goals and he's fitting like a glove I just I just don't understand it. Like, how can we be so bad in that res- in comparison, man? What alchemy is this? Buy a player and he works. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. We've got a game next week, unfortunately, that we're mm. going to have to watch. So, uh, against Norwich. Who are in for Norwich beat Burnley they won, today. They won, didn't they? They won today. Yeah. How's that going to go then? Someone said to me uh, when I was watching the game yesterday, they said, there is, like when they were looking at the bottom half of the table, I don't fancy ourselves against any team in, uh, there for the, before the rest of the season. I was like, Norwich, I'd fancy us against Norwich. I think we'll beat them. And seeing them win today 2-0, man, surely, surely we can't. But they're, they're actually got something to play for and they actually look like they actually want to go out there and play football and actually battle for the shirt and the fans. We do not. I'd, I'd rather play them in four games or something when they're down, but they, they think they've got a sniff. I mean, they probably haven't really. They've played a no. game more than Everton. There's a seven-point gap, but you never know if Norwich go and win seven games in a row now. <laughs> and every team's up for playing against United. Like, that was... I, I thought we were going to lose against Everton because I knew that every time you know Everton play against United at Goodison Park, like it's rocking, and every time anyone plays against United, they always love it because these players grew up when Man United were amazing, and they to them it's one of the it's if not the biggest team in the world, it's definitely the biggest team in the Premier League. Like these teams love playing against United, and our players do not love playing for Man United, so. That is the huge problem at the moment. Despite how talented our players are, yeah, we have got no actual care in the world, and just you can just tell. I think the atmosphere is not going to be good at Old Trafford for that one. I'd almost rather it was at Carrow Road with a bunch of farmers and Delia Smith than uh, the Old Trafford where it's going to be tetchy, especially if United don't score early. If United score within you know, 30 seconds of the kickoff, then then all right, happy days. But if Norwich are able to keep it tight and then try and get the ball up to Timo Puki, who scored again yesterday, didn't he? Or today. Then, then yeah, you can almost envisage it getting a bit toxic. Yeah, and I'm, I'm in a, like I said at the start of the show, I'm in a fiery mood and I almost want it to be poisonous in, in some respects in my head I'm thinking maybe what what does a poisonous atmosphere actually have an effect on the players like long term do these players actually want to play for United if they're getting hounded so much by the fans but they need to know that this just isn't right I know, I know they probably do in their heart of hearts realise that what's going on isn't right but it just feels like poison is kind of potentially like a remedy here yeah because it, it or, and also just in terms of the fans, like I, I would, if I, if I was there like next Saturday, I would be wanting to, yeah, <laughs> metaphorically rip out of their throats because it's just horrible what we're watching at the moment. And it feels like such, yeah, a release to just just have a go at them as much as you can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not usually in this mood, I promise you, but I just, I, it's just horrible what we're watching at the moment. It's disgraceful. 
Well, there's a kind of ontological argument made by managers and fans and stuff that that if you're a supporter, you're there to support. And I've never really kind of bought into that. And it, it, it wasn't the atmosphere at Old Trafford up until really recent years was never negative. There, there wasn't booing and jeering. And I'd say it's only really within the last 10 years that, that that has taken hold a bit more. I don't think it helps the team when that happens no. but also I'm perfectly comfortable with fans voicing their opinion they can't possibly be happy with Maguire you know sloppy Pogba strolling around like it's inconveniencing him Ronaldo mm. thinking he's God when he wasn't hasn't been for some time I, I don't blame fans for getting annoyed with that and then then there's the other thing about Cavani doesn't want to play won't be there Lingard didn't want to be there and for some bizarre reason the club blocked him from leaving just makes no sense Pogba is definitely going what's the point on this league at this point in him playing none of the players that are leaving maybe I'll give give the mascot Juan Mata a a break on that one Mm. picked up his 50 grand a week or whatever he's on these days for doing absolutely nothing his 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 first Premier League minutes that's crazy. Was yesterday, it? yeah, this season. Maybe I'll give him a break. The rest of them that are leaving or likely to leave, I just don't see the point of them being there in yeah. the squad. They're not adding to anything. In fact, if reports are to be believed, they're pretty toxic around the place at the moment. So yeah. you know, what's the benefit? You have Hannibal on the bench yesterday who well, apparently was going to get some minutes. There was a lot of talk about it when he came back from the Arab Cup and, mm. and World Cup qualifying matches and played quite a lot for Tunisia, hasn't had any minutes. I, I don't understand. Could it really be worse? Yeah. So it just feels like a lot of players that there's no point in them playing. But they probably will because I don't know what Ragnick's other choice is, really. I mean, take a risk on some kids. Yeah. And like you say about like supporting the, the team at this point, like... Because there's no, well, there is a slim, slim, slim chance of us still qualifying for the Champions League. But in my opinion, next Arsenal to nothing, are helping us, but Spurs are yeah, playing well. So. But Spurs are playing well, yeah. But in my opinion, next to nothing. When when you kind of talk about like supporting the team, and I'm all for that as well. There's no point though. There's there's nothing actually to support them towards at this, this point. Like that. That's why I feel like it actually is a, a, a fine for them to kind of get as angry as they want. And yeah, it's a really good point about playing. If this was me managing a football manager team and I'd just come in, I'd just be playing all the players, all the kids, giving them minutes, giving the players who are going to be there next season minutes. Because like you say, what is the point of playing Pogba? What is the point of playing one matter? Well, maybe one matter actually is a really good influence in the gesturing. I can imagine that's maybe how the only way that he has forced his way back to, to playing minutes at this point. Because... There's no other reason, surely, that we should be relying on one matter to come on against Atletico Madrid to try and bail us out or to coming on in this game to try and bail us out. But someone like Pogba and Lingard and, and all the other players that are not going to be there next season. And you can imagine, like, they would be a negative influence because, one, they're not going to be try, try, training as hard. One, they're not going to be taking on instructions as much because they know what's the point. This supply teacher is never really got on with him anyway and never really feel like I've right. completely distanced myself from this club anyway I'm not going to be there next season you can feel there's that mentality is just not going to be well it's kind of 
yeah, in, infested its way into into the players, and and that just will have a, an effect on everyone else. It's all right. Five 0 win for United, then. Yeah, hey, up the lads. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Next Saturday at it's a three o'clock kickoff at Old Trafford next Saturday. Wow, mm. um, amazing. That's how exciting United are at the moment. Yeah. I can't tell you what this is going to be. Obviously, United should be huge favourites for this one, but but the level of performance has dropped enough and the level of intensity. And as David De Gea said yesterday, desire. Call them mm. disgrace. Call the team a disgrace, which was about right. So <laughs> hopefully yeah. they're, they're, yeah, they take that on board. Well said, Dave. Maybe you can motivate your teammates. Seems <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, I don't think anyone could. All righty. Back at patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod if you want to hear our bonus uh, content that we do every weekend. We're going to talk about Champions League, Premier League. We're going to talk about the difference in quality between United and the Liverpool City game that was just on uh, as we record. <laughs> All right. Speak to you soon, Tom. Thank you. Bye now, everyone.